franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hi, welcome to episode 59 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, and this is Sarah Wasco, my colleague. We created this podcast to bring you education and information about business ownership and all things franchising. We like to bring on a wide array of guests, and today we have one of our clients. We have Johnny and Dahlia Lopez with us. They are the owners of Athletic Republic. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, nice to be here. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So I know we talked a little bit, Johnny, about what we were going to talk about today, but I want to back up a little bit. So before we jump into um, how you initially became a business owner, I wanted you to share a little bit about your backgrounds with us. So um, you both have very interesting backgrounds. Um, I know you came from another country, Johnny, and Dahlia, you have a very interesting background. So kind of give us that background and then... um, also, um, what you did in your previous career um, before you retired, and kind of take us back, and then we'll get into business ownership. Well, I'm from South America, Colombia. I uh, came over here when I was 18. Uh, my dad wanted my brother and I to come over here and go to school, go to college so we can do our college career here and then go back over there so we can get a good job. Uh, my brother went to school for a little while. I went to school for, well, I went to school for a little while. And I decided that that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, so I decided just to uh, go ahead and go to work. And uh, at that time, my dad kicked me out of the house because I didn't went to school. So uh-huh. I had to get my own apartment with my brother. And this this was like about five months after we got here. So question, did you speak any English when you I did here? not. I did not. When I first came over here, I didn't know any English. So when I went to school and I went to college, it was kind of difficult for me to uh, understand. And I guess that's the reason why I didn't like school, because I couldn't understand what, what was being said. So um, just kind of made some friends and just decided that hey, going out with them was better than going to school. Were you going <laughs> to college in Texas? Uh, n- uh, no, uh, uh, Rhode Island, Central Falls. Rhode Island. Yeah, okay. That's, that's where I came. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you dropped out of school, your dropped dad said... Dropped out of school, said, my dad said, you know, if you're not going to go to school, you either uh, find your own place or you can go back to South America. Mm-hmm. Well, I really wanted to go back to South America, but I didn't have the money to go to back. So I decided to go back to work so I can go back to South America. And uh, so I went to work and started meeting people and, uh, you know, time went by and I never went. You so, never left? No. And how did you end up in Texas? Uh, so when I was in Rhode Island, I... Um, I had a friend in Houston that had a business, and he asked me to uh, go there and help him out. Okay. And I decided, well, I'll just go to Houston and help him out. So that's how I came to Texas. Okay. And then, Dahlia, tell us your early story. Okay. Well, um, I come from a family of migrant farm workers. Um, We were raised in South Texas, uh, Raymondville, Texas, which is close to the Rio Grande Valley. It is in the Rio Grande Valley, close to the border. Uh And so... um, lived under the poverty level pretty much my entire life. And uh, 
I was a migrant farm worker. My parents were migrant farm workers. We would migrate, hence the word migrant, uh, up to um, Casper, Wyoming, and uh, work in the bean fields and the beet fields. And then my parents would then trans- go from there to uh, Wenatchee, Washington, where they would pick apples and pears and so forth. Wow. And that's what we did in the summer. Uh, and so we would then come back um, right after school started, and then I would go to school. And uh, But every summer or in the spring, that's when we would be pulled out of school to go work and so forth. So um, like around 10 years old, maybe nine, is I was out there with my parents. Wow. Uh, uh, hoeing fields and so forth and so hard work ethic and so forth so that's what uh, I did and so forth and I met Johnny at church um he had come um I was living we had moved I guess maybe I was 12 when we moved from uh south Texas to um close to a small town outside of Amarillo called Borger mm-hmm. and um we, my parents had decided we were not, they were not going to migrate anymore. And he found, my father found a job working for the city and so forth, um, parks and recreation. And um, we were just, we went to church and my husband was in Houston. His friend decided to visit someone uh, close to the area that I was living at. And so he visited our church and I kind of fell in love with him. So did you meet well, him? I, I, I want to say that my brother and I came together. And so uh, she liked my brother first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and well. Then, and, then, and then my brother <laughs> left, left back. He left. So after he left, then she decided, well, I guess I'll just like you now. <laughs> well, that's not the case. The thing is that my husband was very reserved because um, – he didn't know very much English, and his bro- his brother knew more English, so he was more outgoing and would talk more. So, of course, we had more conversations. My husband uh, was very hesitant to speak because his English wasn't very good, and uh, my Spanish was not very good. Uh, but then I became a Spanish high school teacher, <laughs> uh, primarily because I fell in love with him, and we needed to communicate more. And so um, I had to learn the language because uh, wow. in my household, my parents spoke English and Spanish, uh, but we only spoke English. But my parents understood, and we would communicate that way. And I understood what they replied in Spanish, but yeah. I would always reply again in English. And that was kind of you know, communication that we had at home. So that's primarily why I found his brother a lot more interesting to talk to. Because you could communicate with him. Yes, yes. So did you meet Johnny when you were 12? No, 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 no. (laughs) We moved when we were 12. I didn't meet him until I was uh, 15. Okay. But it's still a long, long time, long relationship. That's wonderful. Yes, yes. Wow. Wow. And how old were you when you got married? Oh my gosh, that I was, was a long time. I was well, not yet. Uh, I was twenty-three. Yeah, and you were twenty. Oh, no, you were no, eighteen. I was eighteen. Okay. Wow. Turning nineteen. Wow. My birthday is in October. Congratulations! So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's so wonderful. we've been married for uh, thirty-three years. No, thirty-four. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> thirty-five. We just 35. completed thirty-five. <laughs> 
So you got married in 1988. Yeah. Because yes. I've yes. been married 36 years. I got yeah. married in 1987. Yeah. So I'm you guys. That's how I know that. But anyway, so that's a wonderful story. And then as far as your your business background, you before you decided to buy this franchise, you owned a company and you had worked for somebody and then it kind of evolved into you. Uh, becoming the owner. Um, am I correct on that? Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, after we got married, uh, we moved to Austin, uh, where I became a security guard and worked for security companies for several years. And as I was working for them, um, so I, I started working for security company, worked for them for about four years. Uh, that company sold to another security company, and so they kept me. Uh, and then I Four or five years later, that company sold to another company. So most of the management people for the previous company was let go, and they kept me and, and my partner also. Then that company sold again to another company wow. years later. So it was sold like about five different times, and every time they did, they kept me. Uh, and then finally, after the last sold, uh, I found a guy. I, I met a guy in Houston that had a security company. So he asked me if I can come and work for him and manage the company. So I did. Uh, so I moved to Amarillo and managed a company in Amarillo uh, for about seven years. And But at that time, financially, he was not doing very well. He was struggling financially. I guess he just didn't know how to manage business and money. So he was not able to uh, uh, meet payroll and the uh, checks were bouncing. And uh, so our, our bank, the bank was our biggest client. Uh, so I was always dealing with the bank and with the uh, clients myself because the owners only came to uh, town like once a year. So finally, our client came back and basically told me that they couldn't pay the checks anymore, that I needed to talk to the owners and let them know they're going to have to have to come up with the money. Uh, so at that time, uh, the guy that I was working with, which was the uh, VP of operations for that company, he and I decided, hey, let's go and start our own company. So, you know, I went to the bank, told them what we were going to do, that if we can have their businesses, we can go ahead and come up with our own company and be able to serve them. So we did. So they gave us the business and then we took all the other business together and we started our own company. Uh, three years later, uh, him and I were uh, not making it financially because we were spending too much money. I guess, you know, being an owner now, you can see, you know, uh, revenue and we started, you know, spending more than we were making. So we decided to put that company up for sale. And uh, there was a big company that was going to buy us out. Uh, so I went to the bank to let them know, hey, we're going to be selling. And, you know, I just want to let them know. At that time, that my client asked me if I wanted to do it myself. And I said, well, I would, but I just don't have that kind of money. So he goes, well, well don't worry about it. We'll, uh, we'll lend you the money. And uh, so he went ahead and called the uh, uh, business uh, loan officer. Uh, and ask him if he can come over to uh, come and talk to us. So he came over. Uh, he basically told the uh, loan officer, hey, Johnny is going to start his own company. He's been doing our account for years. So see what you can do. So that afternoon, I get a phone call from his secretary saying, hey, this money that you want to borrow, which is $750,000, do you want that in, in my account or his account? And I said, well, that should go to his account. And that's how I got the money to start the business. They didn't have to go through any business plans or any credit references or any of that. And, and so I took a loan for 10 years, which I paid for. 
Wow. Paid so, him for. Yeah. Wow. So it was your work ethic. Yeah. They yeah. had confidence in you. You, you know, once, have, I, once I started doing it on my own, I, I knew what it took to make a company uh, right. grow. Uh, so I just made it made, made it an effort to to pay more than my monthly payment. So because I wanted to be able to make sure that I paid that off or in case if something was to happen, I didn't have a big loan to pay without. So you had, a, you had a ten-year note that you paid off in yeah. in four years, and you didn't really even go in asking for the loan, no, right? No, they just not. offered it yeah, to you. That's did. that's amazing. Yeah, did, so. so, so now you're the owner, and you did that for twenty four. So years? I did that for twenty uh, seventeen years. 17, uh, myself, I had eighty five employees. I had about six or seven clients only, uh, but we had about 80, 80, 85 employees. And I think you said you had some employees that had been with you for... Uh, yes, we have some and still there. I mean, there for 24 years. Uh, my operations manager, uh, he is still there and he's been there for about 25 years now. Wow. And uh, he started being a security officer and now he's the operations manager of the company that I sold to. Wow. That's wonderful. And then most of my supervisors, the uh, main supervisors were there and still there, been there for about 16, 17 years. So I think what sparked, if I remember correctly, what sparked this retirement is you, Dolly, you decided you wanted to quit teaching and retire yes, after 20 years, right? Um, 25, 25 years. 25 years. Um, I had put in my time and COVID had pretty much done me in. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. just, yeah. it was just not the same uh, environment anymore and so forth. And so... Um, a lot of demands were being put on teachers during that time and so forth. And just the whole COVID way oh, of yeah. teaching was, rough. you know, you was rough. A, you taught in a high school? At a high school, yeah. yes, yeah. and so forth. And trying to do Zoom classes with high schoolers who are a lot smarter than I am technologically. And I was hoodwinked a lot. You know, they said they were there and they were... Who knows? They were at Sonic, still zooming in, and they they were with all their buddies in one car during COVID. And I'm like, oh, this is not right. And so I, you know, and I was stuck at home trying to make sure and keep accountable all the grades and uh, attendance and so forth. And it was just not what I wanted anymore. Yeah. So when the time came and I had put in my time and it was for retirement, um, I was like. I'm going to do that. Yes. (laughs) So in December, I didn't even wait the full year. I was like, I'm up in December and I can early retire. So this past December of 2022, I retired. And so I was like, oh, good. I get to stay home and uh, just enjoy life. And I thought I would sub and do something like that to keep me preoccupied. So what prompted the move to the big city? Because after she retired, I guess you decided to sell the company. <laughs> well, I decided, you know what, city. if you're going to retire, you know, we always come to uh, we always came to Dallas for the weekend sometimes and yeah. for different things. So we decided, you know, we've been in Amarillo way too long. There's nothing going on over there. <laughs> so we wanted to Amarillo. go somewhere where we can do <laughs> where we can do different things and, you know, have uh, we like to go out and eat quite a bit. So, uh, you know, there's not that many restaurants in Amarillo. So we decided, <laughs> you know what, there's been several companies that always call me and ask me if I'm ready to sell. And so I finally decided, you know, I'm ready. So I went to the clients and told them what I was going to do. They say, hey, you know, that's what you want to do. You know, we're okay with it. So went ahead and sold the company, uh, moved to uh, Dallas. And uh, after being home a, a month, told my wife, I, there's no way I can do it. 
I can't stay home and do nothing all day long. So Didn't you try to take up golf? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, don't skip that uh, story. Yeah, I, yeah, that I, was a funny story. I decided, you know what, since I'm not going to do anything, uh, my clients always wanted me to play golf, but I was just too busy to do that. And uh, so I decided, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and see what's so exciting about golf. Hire somebody yes, and, yes, you know, see yeah. if I can do that. So I did. I hired somebody and I uh, took some three or four lessons. And after that, I decided oh, that's not for me. I had to be able to hit the ball, and I wasn't able to do it. So that was <laughs> what? My, just I a minor detail. Just a minor detail. Being able to hit the ball. So I wasn't able. I, I, I wasn't. I didn't want to pay somebody else to to teach me something that I can't do. So that's when I decided. You know what? I'm just gonna go look for some business that I can buy or something that I can do because I really didn't want to work for somebody else. I just wanted to continue working for myself. So I, I met a guy that bought a, a pet franchise. A pet franchise? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I talked to him about it, and uh, so I started looking into it, and that's how I went to you guys. Yeah. So yeah. I, I actually, um, he found me in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't. I just came into your house in yeah. magazine, yeah. and you called me. And what's so funny about it is um, I love how supportive you were, Dahlia, <laughs> yeah. of this endeavor of Johnny, because a lot of times the spouses, be it the husband or the wife, they're not always as enthusiastic as you were. And she... Mm-hmm came to the meeting and was very supportive. <laughs> and um, I think she just wanted you out of her hair. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Crazy, right? yeah, yeah. She's like, go, please I go for here <laughs> from the spouse who's kind of been doing their own thing. And now, you know, hubby or wifey has retired and they're home and they're kind of cramping that other person's <laughs> style to some extent. Exactly. So I had envisioned a certain kind of life and. In- Although he was a part of it, uh, not on a daily, 24 hours a day kind of way. And so, you know, he'd wake up and he'd look at me like, what are we going to do today? And I was like, well, what do you want to do? All excited. He was like, this is boring. I was like, oh, I kind of find it relaxing. (laughs) But but I wanted him to be happy. And I know he's a workaholic and he likes to have control of what's going on in his life and so forth. And so... Well, and, and at your age, I mean, you're still young enough to do some. It's not like, you know, I right. picture retirement yeah. a lot older, smart, young mm-hmm. enough, energy. Um, so we looked at quite a few businesses. Yes, so share did. with us yeah, a little bit about what you looked at. And you almost went a completely different route. And well, then- was, yes, as a matter of fact, we looked at different uh, franchises. And then we, we even went to uh, a couple of uh, discovery uh, days. days. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were ready to sign a uh, pet grooming franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spoke to our, the attorneys and had already, everything already done. And I just needed to sign and, you know, start the business. And, of course, you know, uh, Roxanne called me and said, hey, I got this guy that has a some kind of a sport franchise. And I was like, I don't know about that. And, he's, and you said he's only going to be here until like three o'clock today, today in Rockwall. In Rockwall. In Rockwall. So the story is we were at our friend at convention and he's the franchisor and the franchisor had built this unit out because um, he knew it was going to be a long endeavor and he didn't want a franchisee to take this on. So he did it himself because so, it, it took about three years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it had been through that whole process. And and one of the things that was attractive to you was a resale. Mm-hmm. So this was a brand new opportunity, but it was kind of like a resale too, because a lot of... one a of, lot the, of the heavy lifting had already been yeah, done. Yeah, one yes. of the biggest mm-hmm. headaches um, 
that you'll learn if you do brick and mortar is finding Mm -hmm. a location and signing a lease. So that had all been done. Mm -hmm. The build out was underway. Mm -hmm. So he, um, I believe he's in Utah. So he was in Mm -hmm. conference with us, whatever city we were in for that one. And then he was coming to Dallas to meet with the builders and owners. Mm -hmm. And that was the opportunity to meet him. Yeah. So so there you go. I do remember the conversation, him telling us about it, and then Roxanne reaching out to you right away. Jumping on my phone yeah. immediately, yeah. Because, calling you. you know, when I always tell my clients, when we have a client and then we're at these conferences and we get updates, it's always good that, you know, they're fresh on my mind and we're in process and maybe I get an aha moment. So she had gotten that aha moment and, and reached out to you. And so then yeah. it kind of evolved from there. And this was, I, we didn't say in the beginning, you own Athletic Republic now and it's in Rockwall. So I just tell us a little bit more um, about how that evolved and then what was attractive to you about the Athletic Republic model. When when we first there and look at the building, as soon as we drove in the building, I told my wife, I don't think this is going to be for us. It was just the building. It looked like like a warehouse. And then we went inside the building. It looked even worse. (laughs) Because yeah, it, it, it was under construction, and I told my wife, you know, I, no just, walls. I, I don't think this is what we want to do. So we talked to Charlie for a little while, and then uh, we came home and uh, talked to Charlie a couple of days later. Then he was telling me more about it. And the more that he was telling me about it, the more I thought, like, hey, this is something that I, I might be able to do. Because we're dealing with uh, athletes, uh, high schoolers that, you know, my wife deals with kids, you know, for so many years. And I figured, you know, this is something that I probably might be able to do and I would probably enjoy doing. So we started looking into it. The more I look into it, the more I kind of felt like, hey, I think this is what we want to do. And then we decided that that was it. So I called the other uh, franchise fee that I was going to sign and told them that I was going to go ahead and put that on hold and I was going to go ahead and start, start this one. So... And that's how that's how we went about studying it. Well, actually, he did want to open up both of them. He did. I did. He said, I, did. I can do it. Yes, I and did. I believe he could. But I thought, I think you need to focus on one. And then later on down the road, we can look at the pet franchise. Which I'm glad, I'm glad that's what we did because I was going <laughs> to go for both of them. Well, Johnny's thinking was that the this location's already built and it's going to open a lot faster and it's going to take me six, nine months to get the other one open, but it, it really is hard to do two, yeah, two things is. at I one mean, time. So it it, that was a smart decision. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit more about that whole sport complex, because this is kind of a big deal in Rockwall. It is a big deal in Rockwall. I mean, sports in Rockwall in this area is very, very big right now. Uh, so I thought the opportunity to be able to, now that I'm look, now that I own it and now that I'm doing it, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, my goal is to have about two or three uh, of these uh, different centers uh, with, within a couple more years. Around uh, the Dallas Around area. the Dallas area, you know. So I think the opportunity is there. I think parents are willing to spend the money for their kids to uh, to be better uh, at whatever sport they play. And uh, the opportunity is there. And I enjoy being there and being with the kids and being able to, uh, I love to be able to go to an NFL game and say, hey, he trained at my facility. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I'm probably... Probably once that happens, I'm probably going to say, you know what? I've done it all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's the thing with this franchisor. There are quite a few famous athletes that have gone through that program, right? Yeah, Yeah, they've been around for quite a while. Yeah, Yeah, they've been around for a little over 30 years. 30? Uh, They're here in the United States. They have a few in Canada. 
They have one in uh, China, I believe. Uh, uh, forgot the other country. There's many yeah. all over the world. Yeah. So, um, and tell us, what's the name of that whole sport complex that you're a part of? The Athletic Republic. Now, Amerisports. No, Amerisports. Amerisports Sports is the, uh, the we, we next door to them. They're like a big uh, sport complex where athletes go over there and they do basketball and volleyball tournaments. Okay. So there's always uh, kids going over there. And so that is a good opportunity for us to be there next to them uh, because we can get them to train with us and then they can go play. Because a lot of club sports. Yeah. Because yeah. your business focuses on training, training yes. and improving mm-hmm. in their specific Correct. Yeah. Sports Correct. field. Yes. So if yeah. somebody's a runner, you help them get faster. Speed. And if yes. somebody yes. is a, a football player, then you help them improve whatever skill um, yes. they're trying to improve mm-hmm. in that field. Yes. So it's not a gym. It is specific no. athletic training Correct. for. So so we, use, we concentrate on groups of maybe three or five uh, only. So mm-hmm. whenever they come to us, we, we do training. Uh, we do small groups training and we concentrate on whatever sport they play. So we got different protocols that we can use for whatever sports they're in. So very cool concept. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting because your entire career had been with a security company. Yes. yes. And this you, is totally different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a lot of people have a hard time, you know, kind of grasping the fact that you don't have to have industry experience. And so you're a perfect example of that. You had led a company, but you are in a, you're working with, it's not all youth, right? Do they, does Athletic Republic have some adults? Yeah, um, we do. We do the, we do the adults in the mornings and in the evenings. Okay. Uh, And basically it's just a regular workout that we do so they can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do that as well, and we do that in the mornings and in the evenings. Right. So it's basically it, it's the opportunity for the parent to go there. Uh, their kids are working out for an hour, and the parent can also be working for 45 minutes and be, do it together. Nice. A lot of parent athletes, like those athletes, I mean, those parents that are maybe going to run a marathon, or we have those firefighters or um, police officers that still want to need to be in shape, yeah. or, you know, they're whatever they're career is and so forth so this is like a prime location because it's not like a gym where you know they do work out but here we're targeting certain aspects uh, that they want to focus on and how is it for you i think um i know you guys are wanting to move closer to your facility yes um how is it for you because initially when you guys first met with me, you didn't really want to be a part of the business. You were just supportive of him doing it. But then you kind of got excited about the high school students. Yes. Uh, of all the franchises that we looked at, uh, nothing really got my got me excited like this one did because we were dealing with uh, young adults, you know, yeah. the athletes. And I remember my high schoolers, my students that I taught, and they, you know, always invite me to football games and I'd go and cheer them on or basketball games or volleyball, state championships and things like that and so forth, or tennis. And so I thought, oh, that's when they were the most excited, you know, uh, talking about their sports and stuff. And so I thought, oh, I can still be a part of that and encourage them. And they're going to be excited to want to work out at this facility yeah. and I'd be able to see them, you know, not my students, but they will become my kiddos yeah. uh, or they are becoming my kiddos now that they're <laughs> in Rockwall and so forth. So I think once you have that in you, it's kind of always. Yes. In you. Yeah. And exactly. I like that Johnny's kind of put you to work 
a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't I'm, even think I'm I trying, shared I'm this trying, with you, but she's she's making t-shirts. Oh, nice. yes. Thank you. Okay. Yes, you got me an embroidery machine, and so I embroider a lot of the logos on some of the polo shirts and so forth, and then also a, I'm not sure what those things are called, the, the press machines that. Uh, oh yeah, uh-huh. the T-shirt presses, the t-shirt I guess, press, yeah. with the logos and stuff like that. And so, that's what I do sometimes. You know, a lot of times, depending on the order or whatever he needs yes. done. But you know, it's something that I can do. I've always been very crafty in that area, so I kind of found my little niche. And I love it that. All worked out. But yeah. for I'm seeing this a lot for second or third careers or whatever. A lot of our clients say they want something that they can do together. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's great. Um, so what advice you've been down this road? You sold your company. You now are the owner of a franchise. Is somebody you had a friend looking at a franchise and you kind of um, utilized their expertise to some extent to before you found Roxanne to mm-hmm. think about what you want to do, what advice would you give somebody else that might be thinking about business ownership? Well, I will say for somebody that's looking to be an owner uh, or to buy a franchise, uh, they got to be able to hire somebody and talk to people that are in business and find out what is it that is working and not working for them. A lot of these people that, you know, I had a lot of employees that work for me um, any given time that, you know, they came to work and six months later, they want to be a supervisor, but they're not ready, but they just feel like that's what they want to do. And they just, they got to be able to learn the business. They got to be able to learn about finances. And that's what makes small companies fail most of the time because they don't know how to manage finances. You know, you have to create a budget and you have to be able to know what money's coming in and what money goes out. And a lot of these businesses, they go with cash flow. They see the money coming in, but they don't understand how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a lot to do with client rotation. I mean, you got to be able to to uh, to cater to those clients uh, because every client is going to be a little different, whatever you do. So they're the ones that basically are going to give you the business, and that's how you're going to be in business. So with the athletes, same thing. I mean, i got to be able to make sure that those kiddos, those kids are happy and they are getting something from us so that they can return every single time. So you, you got to spend time. Uh, you probably will end up spending more time when you're on your own than when you work with somebody else. When you work with somebody else, you go to, to work from eight to five or whatever hours, and then you go home. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you're an owner, you're always working 24-7 because you always got to figure out what's going on and how you can fix problems. So I will say hire somebody that can help him out. And, and learn about what it takes to uh, to be a business owner. Excellent advice. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. It was really great to learn um, your advice and your insight and really your story. It's very inspiring. And, um, you know, the fact that you came out of retirement, retirement <laughs> didn't work for you. Um, is You're not the first one. Yeah. We're hearing it a lot. People want to continue working. They want to stay in the business world, but want to exit whatever it is that they're doing. So we really uh, appreciate you joining us today. Um, if somebody wanted to learn more about Athletic Republic, and Rockwall, how would they reach you? Uh, well, they can go to our website uh, or they can just give us a call. Perfect. So what's your website? 
www.rockwall.athleticrepublic.com. Rockwall.athleticrepublic.com. Okay, perfect. So all the information is there. Yes. So thank you again for joining us. Um, thank you all for listening and, and joining in today. Again, my name is Sarah Wasco. Um, I'm joined by my colleague, Roxanne Rapsky. Please reach out to us on LinkedIn. We're very active on LinkedIn. We would love to connect with you. We would also appreciate you following our YouTube channel or subscribing to our channel. It is FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. And you can hear this podcast along with all of our other episodes on that YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. So we hope you have a great day. Thanks again for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye.